Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? We're just hanging in. Sound like you got a cold, my friend. Got a little sinus infection. That stinks. That's not good enough. It's allergy season allergy. in Kentucky. It is a holy cow. It's it hits you out season. of nowhere. Just when you think you're doing okay, all of a sudden it Bam. sneaks up. Yeah. Gets you. Well, uh, is it impacting your cycling or your training or anything along those lines? You just kind of push through. Took one day off just to be smart so that it didn't yeah. uh, get all in the lungs and junk and all that. But then back at it this morning. How was your trip? How was your vacaciones? Good. Yeah. Got some riding in along the Ocean Boulevard, highway, whatever it is. Yeah. Near the ocean. Yeah. And you go to the golf side or yes. the... Okay. Golf side. Golf Not far side. from... You've been to Orange Beach. Yeah, I like Orange Beach. We were outside of Destin. I don't know if you still call it Destin, like Santa Rosa, I guess, area, or uh, I don't know, seaside area. Nice. Somewhere down there. Beautiful. All right. Well, as we update uh, podcast, markets are still in turmoil. And again, I just want to continue to reiterate that these are the times where it's so critical to follow I think the DIY money strategy, uh, we keep running across you know, these, these folks who have been investing, uh, putting money in the markets, and unfortunately did not you know, pay off debt first or uh, had, had not kind of planned on seeing investments go down. And so, oh, I was putting it in for you know, a wedding in a, in a year, and now it's down 20%. And what, what do I do? And you go, well, that's why we say if you have a goal for your money less than five years, very difficult to take risk with that. So this is a learning uh, process. And, uh, and again, I, what I want to make sure of is, especially for our listening audience, don't allow this time period, which is wrought with uncertainty and volatility, to shape your future investment career. There will be many people, I will tell you right now, I've seen this twice in my career, there's will be many people who will shun the markets from this point forward. They will say, oh, this is just a uh, a big casino. I don't want anything to do with this. And they will forever rid themselves of the greatest wealth creation vehicle in the world. And that's really, really unfortunate. If you enter the markets thinking it's a casino or with a short time frame or just trying to make a buck, more than likely that is how it will treat you. What's the matter? You can't handle the awkward phase. On the flip side, as an investor long-term, looking at index exposure, or even some high-quality blue-chip companies, uh, this is a great time. I mean, market is giving you a discount. Might give you even a further discount, but nonetheless, it's a discount. And you have to look at it as such and don't change your long-term time horizon or your investment strategy. Continue to dollar-cost average into the markets, etc. Final note I'll make is everyone... Everyone is now facing inflationary pressure that we haven't seen in this country in decades. And why is that critical? Well, you can handle 
variable expense increases if your fixed expenses are non-existent or significantly less. If you're living paycheck to paycheck with debt expenses from student loans, auto payments, credit cards, etc., and now your variable expenses go up, that becomes very, very difficult. So again, take the opportunity to work very, very hard to pay down that debt. For the time being, we still have a strong economy where you can get second jobs. You can create those side hustles, do that night part-time work to get that extra money and pay that debt off. All right, get off that soapbox. We got a great question today from Nick, something we haven't covered in a long time. This is a question actually was about a year ago. I wanted to kind of put it on the shelf and bring it back around. Now we're going to do just that. So, Nick, thanks for your patience. What do you got? D-I-Y! Hello, guys. My name is Nick, and I am from North Dakota. I've been following the podcast and absolutely love it. I am the CFO in the relationship, and ever since I started listening, I have been excited to check my finances to see my progress towards my goals. When I heard the whole life insurance podcast, my heart sank. I was referred by my boss to a CFP that he uses and was sold the whole life insurance policy. The CFP stretched the truth to me to make it sound like this was the best investment strategy ever. I was fresh out of college and was eager to get my retirement money set. Since the discovery of this podcast, I have dug into my policy to see it isn't everything he dreamed it up to be. I've had the policy for five years and now I feel like I've set myself back from my retirement goals. I still have a nice retirement chunk started with my work as I am contributing 6% and they are matching the full amount. I also am setting another $100 a month in a Roth IRA. My two to three year outlook has a wedding and possibly a house depending on the market. I have my emergency fund and fast cash, now working on student loan debt slowly. Is there a right time to end a whole life insurance policy? Do I just bite the bullet and keep the insurance now that I would need the insurance money protection? Also, it looks like I would lose half of the money I put in. I'm excited to hear from you guys. Love all that you two are doing. Keep up the good work. Okay, Nick, I want to preface a few things. First of all, we don't know the ins and outs of your entire financial situation, so don't take this as personal advice. I'm going to talk to you about sort of some blanket thoughts regarding insurance. Kind of reiterate what we talked about regarding the insurance uh, episode that you're referring to. But the first thing I want to say is that I promise you, I promise you, this will not be in your mind, and of my opinion, the last financial mistake you make. It just won't be, all right? Now, what I can tell you firsthand is that making mistakes is part of learning. However, the sooner you correct those mistakes, the better off you'll be. The detriment and what can cause significant problems is if you don't correct a mistake and you just let it go And it ultimately becomes something that could significantly derail future progress. Now, that's true in so many areas of life, right? You have a, you know, an issue that you see in your, in your, you know, on your skin or, you know, your ankles causing you problems and you, oh, I don't know. It's probably nothing, probably nothing, probably nothing. And you find out you got a torn ligament. Now you're, you know, in a, in an air cast for six months or something, you know, or whatever, or, or you should have gone to the to the doctor, and you didn't, and it caused major issues. Good Lord. You believe me now? Oh, man, it really does wag. Only when I'm nervous or happy. I personally, I'm a big fan of it's okay to make mistakes, calculated if best, but uh, correcting those mistakes quickly is very important. So 
That being said, let us assume for a moment, and this is an assumption because I don't know your personal situation, but let us assume that you did in fact make a, a mistake and whole life might not be the best policy for you. The first thing I would, I would say is that if somebody was in my office and, and asking this question, I would say, well, make sure that you can insure yourself in other areas. Now, what is insurance for? We talk about it on this podcast. Insurance, in our opinion, covers three things. Outstanding debts, children expenses, an amount to bridge the gap for a spouse uh, who might be going through a difficult grieving process or have expenses of their own, don't want to just go back out and get a, get a job, etc. So I heard something about a wedding. I heard something about a house. So I'm going to guess there's no kids. We don't probably have a lot of debt. So quite candidly, you might not need a lot of insurance right now. But one of the de- one of the detriments could be is maybe you have a health issue and you got insurance when you got it and you can't get it now. So that's one of the things I would I would definitely check into to make sure you're at least insurable to replace the insurance if in fact that's what you need at this present time or if you know, hey, in the future I'm going to have a mortgage, I'm going to have a, a wife and kids and I, I want to sort of set myself up for that. Uh, so that's the first step is to make sure that that is an option. Um, the second step is, in my personal opinion, the sooner the better. I mean, there's just no reason uh, to not kind of cut it and move on, in my personal opinion. And again, I don't know your specific situation. Um, but if you've run the math and you've run the numbers and you go, wow, I through a disciplined approach, I could have put this money in an investment account and made a lot more money and had the ability to have the flexibility and the liquidity to have it. Uh, I should have gone that route. Well, then you go that route immediately. And again, you chalk up the expense to tuition of learning what you should and shouldn't do in the financial game. And I promise you, it probably will not be your last tuition expense. I think I'm going to stop right there and let you fill in any other blanks, Daniel. I can keep going. But what else? What do you got? Uh, Well, I think you made a good point about making sure you are insurable. Uh, You didn't mention anything to the contrary, but anytime I've switched life insurance providers or something, I've always made sure that my uh, new policy is fully enforced, paid for everything before I cancel anything old policy. Think of it like switching your car insurance or something. You don't cancel a, a car insurance policy before you have a new one in place. So anytime it comes to insurance, uh, you'd rather have a little bit of overlap that you pay for uh, rather than a gap in coverage because uh, the way the universe works, things happen when there's a gap in coverage. That's just life. So yeah, definitely be sure to do that. Make sure, I think it's important for our listeners to understand that insurance is a good thing. Investments are a good thing. Combining those things together can get pretty convoluted pretty quickly uh, and makes it hard to prioritize which one uh, you're really wanting to work for you. So uh, I think in this case, yes, you've paid in some money that's not there in your policy anymore because you have had an life insurance for the last four to five years. You've benefited from that. It's just you haven't benefited in the way of investments maybe that that you had hoped for, but you did have life insurance coverage over that time, which you, in hindsight, didn't need. You don't Uh, ever want to use your insurance. No. I really hope that our health insurance never... or our. uh, Life insurance never kicks in in our family. But uh, uh, now, if you look at your plan, and this doesn't fit your plan, and you go, hey, maybe a term policy would is a better fit for my financial plan, then now the impetus is on you to, to make that change, make that decision, and do what is best for your plan. And that's the case where you're looking at insurance, investments, whatever. Uh, if you start to look at your plan one day, and you did something somewhere along the line, that could be your investments, that could be buying a car, buying a house, buying insurance, whatever it is. And then you reanalyze your plan and you go, oh, that's not getting me where I want to go. 
it's your job to course correct at that point and and make the tough decisions uh, as they are. I don't think you're, I mean, just generally speaking, if you're canceling your whole life policy, I don't know that you're really necessarily giving up anything so long as you have whatever term uh, life insurance or anything else you need uh, that does fit your plan. So look at your plan as a whole, figure out the insurance you need, insure for that, don't overinsure. If you want to do great investments, maybe just do those isolated by themselves as investments. One of the things interesting I've heard uh, some insurance people say is that the whole life policy provides a disciplined savings plan that an undisciplined person wouldn't normally utilize. So, for example, we look at and say, well, okay, I'm going to buy term and invest the rest. That's a common phrase. So I'm going to buy term insurance for X number of dollars, and I'm going to take the difference that I would have paid for a whole life, and I'm just going to buy the S&P 500. Now, again, I don't want to – I know we'll probably inevitably have some insurance people – that are being taught, and I'm going to say it this way, because this is how I was taught. So in full disclosure, 20 plus years ago, I sold insurance. I was a life and health registered agent. I sold insurance. I was told what to sell. Uh, I was ridiculous. But uh, So I have just enough knowledge to be really dangerous in this area. But we're often told what to say, the rebuttals. I was educated mm-hmm. about the rebuttals. So I can hear those rebuttals when I say things like, buy term and invest the rest, your rebuttal is taxes. Your rebuttal is, well, yeah, but you're going to pay tax on that money. And then when you go to take it out, you're going to pay tax on that gain. And if you buy it in a whole life policy, you can borrow and you don't pay any tax because you're borrowing from yourself. To which my response would be, then use a Roth IRA. To which their response would be, well, you can only put so much in a Roth IRA. To which my response would be, well, then buy you know a long-term investment that doesn't necessarily pay a dividend, that you could then manage the the capital gains selling in the future, to which their response would be, but this is a tax-free loan. I I can literally play that argument in my head all day long. But when you compare the spreadsheet, the apples to apples, why I personally have term insurance and I don't have a whole life policy is because I was disciplined enough to say I'm going to buy term insurance and literally invest the rest. I'm not going to just buy term insurance, say that I'm going to invest the rest, and then not. So I think it does boil down because an insurance person does have a good argument there. And they say, yeah, but this makes them invest. This makes them save. And if they don't save Mm -hmm. in this manner, they're not going to do it. So I think that's a know thyself. I think is, and this is clearly what Nick Nick would do. Nick would buy term and invest the rest. There's no question. Yeah. So I, I think you have to be disciplined. I understand the argument that an insurance person would make regarding, uh, you know, the disciplined approach. But I think Nick, you have the discipline to do it the way you should do it. In my personal, opinion. I think the discipline thing is dumb. Well, I think that's like telling somebody who's renting and can't save for a down payment that they should just 100 percent finance a house. As much as they can afford because it's forced savings. So I would I would agree with you I mean, that's for sure. Hyperbolic. It is, but it's I would totally agree with you. Situation. But sometimes there's some hacks. You know, I I was meeting with a couple the other day, and they have a difficult time itemizing their budget. To which I said, "Well, then a hack you could use is just pay yourself first and keep increasing the savings amount off the top and figure out how to live on the rest." Yeah. Is it? Uh... Is the suggestion, though, for disciplined savings for retirement or just to build up a fund? Uh, Build up a fund to supplement retirement. They're already maximizing retirement expenses. But anyways, 
we got to cut it off. So I, I, we can go down this road. <laughs> Tell your employer to max out your 401k. Maybe we'll Don't pi- look at it. Maybe we'll pick this up in the next episode. Anyways, uh, Nick, great question. Hopefully we provided some color a year later, but nonetheless, um, hopefully you uh, maybe have the confidence now to, to act as, as you maybe decide you should. Um, all right, friends. Remember, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get... $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.